The following is a paid commercial program. Unless otherwise identified, the guests on the program are employees of or otherwise represent the advertiser. The opinions expressed therein are those of the advertiser and do not necessarily reflect the views and policies of Chorus Entertainment. Time for you to get active, get on that phone and talk to us. Want to talk to you as we get into another half hour here, the Employment Law Show. Lior Sanfiru here, of course. And, uh, you know, school's ready to go. So you can do it. Help at employmentlawyer.ca. And anytime you want to get a hold of Lior and his team, you know that number, 1-855-821-5900. Tonight on the show workplace problems that you can try and resolve yourself and how to do it. The key word here is try. You might not be successful. You can also try to climb Everest with flip-flops. Chances are you ain't going to make it. But Lior is always there, no matter what, to reach out at that one eight five five number afterwards and get some uh, some resolution. But we always start off with the case of the day, pal. What's going on with you? Hey, John. I am doing great. As usual, happy to talk employment law, happy to have this opportunity to solve problems. And you know, every day on the show, we get calls, we get questions. We got people that want to know if their employer is allowed to do something. That's usually how it starts. So if you have that type of question, maybe something happened today, you're driving home and you're wondering, I just want to know if what my company is doing is legal. Well, why don't you right. just ask? Call us right now. I'll tell you what you need to know. And of course, if you've got some bad news, perhaps maybe, uh, you know, companies cleaning house towards the end of the year and uh, you're uh, on the list of people that may lose their job. Well, let's talk about what you're owed in that situation. Because chances are, whatever the company's offered you or, or is thinking of paying you is actually a lot less than what you're owed. That's the bad news. The good news is that it's not difficult to resolve it. And a good place to start right now is call us on the show and I'll tell you what you need to know. Of course, I'll also give you and we'll give you throughout the show my contact information at the office and we'll uh, help you that way. You'll have a phone number and email address coming up throughout the show. But, Johnny, let me tell you about a situation that came across my desk uh, today. I, I got a call from a gentleman who told me that his employer has decided to shut down the operations. And he and all his colleagues got four months' notice of disclosure. In other words, they got four months' notice of termination, so that they're going to be out of a job in four months. And when they had asked the employer, okay, what about severance? The employer said, well, because we're giving you four months' notice – we don't have to pay you any severance. We don't have to pay you anything else. So four months uh, is uh, notice is adequate. You don't, you're not owed anything. So he called me on behalf of himself and his colleagues, and he wanted to know, is that right? Is what the employer is saying correct? Do they only have to give us this notice that they give us, or, or in fact, do they owe us something else? So here's uh, the answer to that. The answer is, well, your the four months that they gave you does count towards your severance, that four months notice does count, but you're potentially owed much more. So the first thing is to assess how much severance you're owed. Once we know that, we would deduct the four months notice from that. And what's left is how much severance you have to get paid. Now, this particular gentleman had been with the company for six years. I assessed him as being owed about eight months severance. He got four months notice, so he's owed another four months pay. His colleagues may have worked there longer, and some of them could be owed as much as two years of severance. So this is an important reminder that the amount of notice that you get of termination, notice of termination, may reduce the amount of severance that you're owed, but that does not mean you're not still owed severance on top of that. In many cases, in fact, in most cases that come across my desk, the amount of notice that the company gives of notice of termination 
is not enough. It's not adequate, which means they have to make up that difference by paying severance. And to find out, of course, and you, you know that, we'll talk about that more even later, to find out how much severance you should be getting, you can always call me, but you can, of course, also go to pocketemploymentlawyer.ca, use our severance calculator, and find out in seconds exactly how much you're out. We got to, uh, to Mike, who's been, <coughs> pardon me, standing by. Hi, Mike, what's your question? Good evening, gentlemen. I have a very quick, simple question. I've been employed for 12 years with the same guy, and I believe in Ontario, after five years, your, your vacation pay should be 6%. My boss refused to pay it. It's a small company. He doesn't have to pay it. Is, is that true or false? It's absolutely false. Yeah. Absolutely false. He has, to, he has to pay it. And there's two ways to resolve that. You can, if, if you can't convince him, you can get me to send him a letter in which case uh, he'll realize in, in seconds once he has it that he has to pay. Or you could go to the Ministry of Labor for that. Uh, and the problem is that may take longer, but you absolutely can do that. But he's wrong. And yeah, you have to get that vacation pay, Michael. I have a quick follow-up. Uh, how far back sure. can you go? I know the Ministry of Labor says they only fight for two years. Can you go back as far as seven years? No, you cannot. No, two years is the limitation period. Absolutely. So I, I th- okay. Thank you very much. You, I, I believe that was right, but I appreciate your help. Thank you so much. No problem. Thank you, Mike. Appreciate it. And if you have any uh, follow up questions for Lior, you can uh, give him a call one eight five five eight two one fifty nine hundred. Always advise you to keep that on speed dial on your phone and uh, spread it around to your colleagues as well. You never know when you're going to need it. Email is help at employmentlawyer.ca. Let's get into a couple of our uh, points before we take our first break. Lior, again, workplace problems that you can try and resolve yourself and how to do it. Number one, harassment by a boss or colleague. Take me there. Yeah, so we're talking about some situations. If you find yourself, there may be some things that you can do on your own. You know, I often say, call me, call me, call me, and I'm going to continue saying that. But mm-hmm. in some situations, you may want to be able to take the first steps on your own to either try to fix the problem or put yourself in a better position, and, and certainly with respect to, to harassment. So to deal with harassment, you have to turn the onus onto your employer because your employer has the obligation to protect you. Your employer has the obligation to ensure that your workplace is proper, that it's not poisoned. And the way you do that is you have to tell them about that harassment. So if you're being harassed by a colleague, by a coworker, by a supervisor, tell the appropriate person in your workplace. Maybe that's the HR person, maybe it's the owner, whoever the, the right person is. And when I say tell them, it's okay to tell them verbally, but it also has to be in writing. Put it in writing in an email, for, for example, here's what's happening, here's the, the dates, here's all the information. Because once you do that, they have to take it seriously, they have to investigate, and they have to rectify the problem. And if they don't do that, there's significant legal consequences. So the best thing you can do to deal with workplace harassment is do exactly what I just said. What you don't want to do is ignore it, hope that it's going to go away, uh, go off on a disability leave. You don't want to do that if, unless you've exhausted all other options. Now, of course, if you can't talk to anyone in the workplace, maybe it's a small workplace and it's the owner that's harassing you, who are you going to talk to? Then at that point, yes, there's no point in trying to do what I said. You just call me and I'll deal with it. But you can and you should try to deal with harassment by talking to the right person and making sure that they then comply with their legal obligation. All right, we'll take a short break. Email is help at employmentlawyer.ca. The Employment Law Show, hang on.
You're listening to a paid commercial program. Unless otherwise identified, guests on the program are employees of or otherwise represent the advertiser. The opinions expressed therein are those of the advertiser and do not necessarily reflect the views and policies of Chorus Entertainment. Arm yourself with even more knowledge when it comes to your workplace rights. That is why you listen to this show. Jeffrey, thanks for standing by. Appreciate your time. How are you? Good, good. Thank you. Uh, question in regards from an employer standpoint. If you have an employee who uh, constantly is threatening to leave or not show up the next day, uh, they did this before they had a medical leave for about six months, and now they're back, they're doing it again, but now the excuse is, oh, I don't feel well. They don't like something they're told to do or something their, their co-workers asking them to do, which is normally regular duty of theirs it's not anything extraordinary or outside their daily function is there anything can be done about this so right now jeffrey if the employee tells you uh well i'm not going to show up tomorrow if this happens how do you respond what do you do about that right now well right now the uh supervisor saying so don't come in you know and the guy comes in uh, despite that yeah, he comes in, and you, and even when he threatens to leave, he he generally just works the rest of the day, but he's constantly doing this. I believe he's might have left a couple of times. I'm not sure if he's even left a couple of times, but it's like, so, you know, he's doing this all the time, you know? Yeah. So here's how I, I would look at this. If it's just kind of a bit of hot air, you know, he's just kind of saying things, but he's not following through. Not much that you can do about that. Uh, on the other hand, if he starts doing that, so he doesn't come to work when he's supposed to, or he leaves early, or he doesn't follow instructions that's given, then you have to start disciplining him. So, for example, let's say he leaves early. You're going to send him an email saying, or a letter, give him a letter, something in writing saying, you left early, that's not acceptable. If you do that again, uh, there are going to be other consequences. If once he does that more than two times, maybe three times, you may be in a position to let him go for cause without compensation. But he would actually have to do something that's wrong, refuse a proper direction, not show up to work, leave early, something like that. If he simply says, you know, I'm, I'm going to do it, but he doesn't actually do it, he hasn't really committed any workplace wrong. I know that it's annoying. I know it's not professional. I get that completely. But until he actually does something, there's not going to be much that you're able to do. And if he, because he had his medical issues, can he not, uh, what if he just says, oh, well, I, I, you know, I wasn't feeling well. I just went through this whole big medical thing. Then, and, and he can accept at that point, you say, that's fine, but we need a doctor's note. So anytime he right. misses work supposedly for medical reasons, he has to provide a doctor's note. And if he refuses or doesn't, that is something you can discipline him for. Okay, so what, you can't just law, miss work sorry. without approval. So go ahead. Wasn't that changed recently to allow a certain number of sick days without? Uh, I thought it was changed recently. A certain number yeah, without only, an actual. That's only with respect to COVID. So no, it has not been changed. Oh, so so okay. so he 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 absolutely would have to provide a doctor's note. Okay. Thank you very much. No problem. Thank you, Jeffrey. Appreciate the uh, appreciate the time. Uh, any further discussion? As you know, one eight five five eight two one fifty nine hundred to get a hold of Lior and his uh, fantastic team. Email help at employmentlawyer.ca. Thanks for hanging on, Bill. You're up. How are you? Good yourself. Good, sir. What's going on? What's your question? My question is: I have been working for the same employer 
almost a year. It will be a year November 1st. When I was hired, they told me the one thing I would be getting was after six months of employment, I would be enrolled into their pension plan. To this day, I am not in their pension plan. I think they will. I think it's just a matter of their human resources person quit and they have a new one. They haven't started yet. My question is, when I am enrolled, do they have to go back from when I have my six months into present or not? So the answer is yes, absolutely, they'd have to go back as long as you can show that that was the agreement, that was the deal. So okay. if you don't have something in writing, they may say, no, we told you we'll put you on at some point, but we didn't tell you when. So you are the one that would have to prove what the deal was. How Do you have anything to prove that, Bill? Yes, I do. I have uh, all the conditions of my employment Perfect. at home on paper. So here's what I expect will happen. I, I, assuming you're right, and you know, once the HR person kind of gets their stuff together, they'll, they'll put you on. But my my very uh, likely the very likely scenario is that they're not going to make it retroactive. And at that point, you have to decide: Would you do you accept that, or do you want to push back on it? If you want to push back, happy to help you. Probably all it will take is a letter from me because you have the ability to prove it. But I think there's going to be some pushing required. I, I, I would be very surprised if they do it right, considering they've dropped the ball already. Right. Like I have asked um, my supervisor three or four times, what is the holdup? And he keeps saying, well, it's about the HR person hasn't come yet. Da, 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 da. But I think it will happen, but I was just concerned whether they had to retroactive back to approximately June 1st of this year to the present. They do, but I expect that they won't without us pushing them to do it. So okay. happy to help you if, the, if and when the time comes. But yeah, if you have it in writing, if you have the ability to show that that was the deal, then yes, they absolutely have to, to abide by that. Exactly. Okay, that's perfect. Thanks for your help. Thank you. Thank you, Bill, and uh, appreciate your time. Again, uh, follow up with us, uh, whatever happens when it does uh, come around the corner that you get enrolled in that program, please. one 821 if uh, if you need to or when you need to reach out to Lior and help at employmentlawyer.ca. But back to this, pal, workplace problems that you can try and resolve yourself. You're always there to be uh, reached out to, of course, and how to do it. Next one is uh, overtime issue. We've talked about this uh, briefly many times before. Yeah, and, and you know, I see often situations where people don't get paid overtime when they should be. Either they work more than 44 hours a week and they don't get paid. Maybe uh, they're not asked to work overtime, but they have to work. And the employee says, we didn't ask you, so they don't pay it. Or maybe the company says, oh, you're on salary, so we don't pay the overtime. All of those are wrong. Remember, if you work more than 44 hours a week, you get paid overtime. You have to get paid overtime. Unless you're in an exempt position, for example, lawyers, doctors, uh, managers, uh, or some of the, uh, the the common exemptions. But if otherwise your position is covered by overtime, your employer has to pay it. So what I mean in terms of uh, self-help here is the fact that demanding the overtime is something that you can't be punished for. So your employer is not allowed to punish you because you're demanding overtime. And a good place to start, Ministry of Labor, on their website. Uh, there's information about who gets paid overtime. 
So take that, print that, show that to your employer. They can't argue with that. It's right there in writing from the government. And oftentimes once they realize, oh, crap, he's called us on it, they'll pay. Mm -hmm. Uh, And the one thing, again, you should feel comfortable and confident doing that, knowing that you cannot be punished. You cannot be disciplined. You cannot be let go. You cannot have your pay reduced, uh, anything. That's completely illegal. Even, by the way, if it turns out that somehow you were wrong, you're actually not owed overtime, but you were asking for it, and it turns out you were wrong, you still can't be punished. So, yeah, with respect to overtime, definitely you can try to deal with that yourself. If you've done that and, and it hasn't worked, I think it's going to work in most cases. But if it hasn't, then absolutely you can get, call me for help or you can go even to the Ministry of Labor for help with respect, with respect to overtime. So you have options right there. And this is one of those cases as well where you can go back two years and that's your limit, right? Two years. That's all you can do. Go yeah. back two years with respect to overtime. Uh, so, you know, the longer you wait, the more you could be losing. And I guess it's always good in, in the chance of dispute, whether you know it's a he said, she said type of thing. It takes a little bit of work and discipline, but I guess it's always a good idea to keep track of all the overtime on a spreadsheet, whatever, in your computer, just in case it comes to the point like, oh, we didn't, can you prove that you worked overtime? You have, you have contemporaneous proof, right? It, it is a great idea to have some, some records, uh, some, yeah. you know, like I said, a spreadsheet, you know, you, you, you you send yourself an email saying today I work from this day to day to this time. It's a good idea to do that. Keep in mind though, it's actually what we call a reverse onus. So what I mean is this: if you say to your employer, uh, "I worked 50 hours this week, so you owe me six hours overtime," unless your employer has records that you didn't, they have to pay you. So because the it's the employer's obligation to keep proper tr- track of time for the the employees. So if the employer doesn't have those records, then your word will be believed. That said, I still think it's a very good idea to keep records in case there's ever any question. Let's grab a uh, phone call with some remaining time we got here. Hi, Bill. How are you tonight? I am great. How about yourself? Excellent. Thank you so much for taking the time, pal. What's uh, what's your yeah. question? I got a question. What about going to work wearing a political shirt? Like with the election coming up, a federal election coming up next year or so, why work? Progressive conservative shirt or liberal or a a a, a, a shirt that says bleep 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 Trudeau. Oh. That could you get fired for that? Could you get written up? So first of all, uh, generally speaking, you you political beliefs are not protected under human rights legislation, meaning. You can be fired for your political beliefs, but but that would be a without cause termination, meaning you'd have to get paid severance. So uh, so severance would have to be paid. So it's, it's essentially it's a without cause termination. Now, where the employer may be able to terminate you for cause is if you wear something that's otherwise offensive. So if you wear a shirt that says bleep, 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 Trudeau, and those bleeps are words that we can't repeat on air, that may and, and you refuse to stop wearing it, that may be uh, something that you could be disciplined for, not because it's political, because the, the wording is not appropriate in a professional environment. So, okay. yes. So, for example, you know, you, let's say you, you wear a, a MAGA hat, you know, as an example. Uh, you can be let go for that, but your employer would have to pay you your full severance in that situation. Okay. Cool. 
Makes sense. Thanks, cool. Bill. Thanks, Bill. Appreciate that. Is that something, Leora, regardless of the language, say the MAGA hat, for instance, is a good example. I mean, is that something where your employer, if they're not a fan of it, they say, you know, we don't want you wearing that here. We're just giving you a warning, three warnings, then let you go without severance, or does that would not apply in this situation? Well, you know, if you have uh, some sort of a, a uniform requirement or, or there's a good business mm-hmm. reason why they, they can't, they don't want you to, to wear that, uh, then maybe. But if simply say, we right. don't like the MAGA message. We don't like Trump. So we don't want you to wear that. That's not something they can discipline you for. So even after three or seven or ten warnings, they would have to still pay you severance. On the other hand, if it's like, well, you know, you, you're not allowed to wear a hat at work. That's just our policy. And you wear a hat, regardless of the message, at that point, yeah, you can't be disciplined. And after a few times, you can potentially even be fired. So the devil's in the details. But, you know, un- unlike you know, religious beliefs, which are protected under the human rights laws. You can't uh, be fired in those situations. Uh, political beliefs are not protected in the same way. Let's get to a couple more of these workplace problems. You can try to resolve yourself changes to your hours or days of work as well. Yeah. So if your employer makes some changes to your hours, your days uh, of work, you know, maybe your shift, one of the things that you can do, well, let's start with the idea that, of course, they're not allowed to do that. That, that could be a constructive dismissal. If you're willing to give your employer the benefit of the doubt, one way to kind of keep the pressure on them is to say, well, I'm going to accept this, but only for the next week, month, whatever it is, a period of time. Make sure it's in writing that I'm doing that to help you out under the understanding that after whatever the time is, I'm going to go back to the way my my old job was. So by doing that, you still protect your rights to pursue a constructive dismissal if you have to down the road. And your employer at that point may realize, wait a second, we may have a legal dispute on our hands. Maybe we'll back off that, this person and, and let them go back to their old hours. So that's something that you can do. But ultimately, if you've tried that, nothing's changed. You're still put in that, that position, that different role or hours or shift. That is a constructive dismissal. To pursue a constructive dismissal, you need to call me. That is not something that you can do on your own. But to try to avoid that, yeah, you absolutely can try to do that by telling your employer only accepting that for a limited period of time. Let's get one more of these in quickly. Receiving unfair and negative performance reviews, your employer complains that, well, you're not doing a good job. Yeah, so you got a negative performance re- review. Maybe you're put on a performance improvement plan. Yes, you can do something about that. And what you can do is to minimize the ability of the employer to use that against you, to use that against you to try to fire you because of it. And the way you do that, you write to your employer an email, a text message, telling them why you you don't agree with it, what they've got wrong, why it's not accurate. By doing that, you're not going to be considered to have accepted it, and they can't use that against you. Remember, silence is bad in that situation. Silence is the same as you saying, yes, I did it, I agree completely, you're right, I'm wrong. If you don't agree with it, say so in writing professionally, and by doing that, you're going to make your job more secure and prevent the company from relying on it. And that is doing it for us. Thank you so much. If you uh, wrote in or called in, thank you. Appreciate you so much. Reminder, anytime, 1-855-821-5900 to reach Lior and his team. Help at employmentlawyer.ca and pocketemploymentlawyer.ca for all other matters, including finding that severance calculator. Give it a spin. Employment Law Show. The preceding was a paid commercial program. Unless otherwise identified, the guests on the program are employees of or otherwise represent the advertiser. The opinions expressed therein are those of the advertiser and do not necessarily reflect the views and policies of Chorus Entertainment.